0: and welcome to Starkcast. I'm Joe Stark and tonight I am talking with my friend David Isaac from the Vintage Geeks. What's up, dude? Oh my
1: god, dude. It is so good to talk to you. I I I've missed you a lot. Like
0: <laughs> Well, thank you. I've missed talking with my, you too.
1: I honestly, you're one of my favorite people to talk to. You just like look, honestly, we got on the on Skype like 40 minutes ago and just <laughs> shot the shit. It's so great. It's it's fantastic. I missed you a lot, sir.
0: Oh, well, that's so nice of you to say, dude. I, I've missed talking with you too. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah. Even, even though I do hear it on episodes of vintage geeks, you guys are over there. Is it you're saving the multiverse one podcast at a time. That's right. And I think, how, I think, how do I do that intro better than you?
1: Uh, Cause I get really high <laughs> and I'm a fucking idiot. And I even have it written down so that <laughs> I can like read it. I, I, have I've gotten to the point where I got to stop eating edibles before I record <laughs> oh, because no. the, the edibles are what, like, really do it. Like, I can smoke and be like, oh, it's okay. I, I can get through it. If I eat an edible, I keep forgetting how strong the edibles are, and I get <laughs> fucking <laughs> stupid. Like, I, <laughs> I was fucking, I was in my house one day, and I'm trying to do shit around it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna try one of these pieces of fudge I made, and also oh, they're
0: homemade edibles on top. Oh
1: yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> so they're, they're homemade edibles. So like, they're super strong, but like I usually know how strong they are, and they usually take about two hours to kick in. An hour to two hours kind of depends on the size of the piece So I had made this peanut butter fudge, and it asked it asks the recipe asked for it to use like double the butter of what I normally use. And I'm like, wow, that seems like a lot, but maybe it won't be too, too bad. It won't be super strong. So I made this nice batch of fudge and shit. And I was breaking out the first piece and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see how it hits and how long it takes. Not going to smoke anything. And I got shit to do. So I'll, You know, I'll I'll be accomplished. And by the time it hits, I'll be done and I can chill out. I was about half an hour after I ate it and I was fucked up. I was so (laughs) fucking stupid fucked up. I like had to stop. I had to sit down and like take a look around and realize how fucked up I was. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm almost mushroom tripping fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh wow! I'm like that piece of fudge. I'm gonna have to cut these down a little bit and make them smaller pieces. It it was fucking super strong. So I've been like, yeah, I haven't I haven't recorded, um, Vintage Geeks while on any of the peanut butter fudge, but it would yeah, it would not have been a good fucking episode. I just would have been like, yeah, so. <laughs> book a fat yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay brain course yeah right all right <laughs> that's fucked dude i was i was yeah the, the the fudge is beautiful but sometimes it's just too much and i can function while i'm high but i can't function while i'm like stupid high <laughs> Edible.
0: yeah i think edibles are the things that Will usually result in the really funny nine one one calls on YouTube, right? yes, where the yeah. people that that are are uninitiated and they're taking way too much and they're yeah. like basically like they're so high that they can feel like the rotation of the planet and they can't handle it, and yeah. so they call nine one one I've been there oh, I, I, I oh no <laughs>
1: called, I almost called nine one one so when I first moved to Vermont. I I was living in this, like, little, small, liberal arts college town, and everyone had plans on Thanksgiving. But after Thanksgiving, we were all going to meet at this one house where everybody in the community who were, like, hung out with each other, part of the school and just part of the community – we're going to have our second Friendsgiving dinner, and it was all going to be cooked in pot butter. Everything was going to be made with pot butter. So everybody like had their family Thanksgivings in the afternoon and shit, and then we all came back. Went down there, and of course, everyone's just smoking already, so you're already high, and then you get a fucking plate of food, and you have turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, fucking rolls, butter, like, and it's all made. The turkey was basted with pot butter, fucking. (laughs) I've
0: never heard of such a thing. This is wild. Oh, dude, it was, I'm telling you,
1: it was the most fantastic fucking meal I have ever had in my (laughs) life. So... You you eat this huge plate of food and like you don't realize how fucking high you are and you're just like oh my god. Have you ever seen the movie Alice's Restaurant?
0: Ah uh, no. Ha- Do you know the song? Uh, yeah the um yes Cause they play Guthrie Arlo Guthrie, Guthrie. Guthrie yeah they play it every yeah. Thanksgiving on the radio yes. and it's like super okay. long. Yeah, it's like so what is this a fish a song?
1: They made a movie of this song and it's like fucking three hours long and it's boring <laughs> as fuck.
0: super boring. Like they took a really long, boring song and turned into a long, boring movie. Yes. <laughs> so that is the natural this... evolution of these things. They snowball. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it was obviously done by someone who was really fucking high because I sat there after eating this plate of food And fucking watch this whole movie. To this day, I still can't fucking tell you what that movie was about. At all. But I watched all three hours of that movie. And then went back for seconds. Oh my god. (laughs) It was fucking ridiculous. So then... Like, I know I've been high for at least three hours. I go get seconds in a plate because now you're like high and you have the munchies and you're like, oh, fuck, there's food in the kitchen. Yeah. Food that's going to fuck you up even
0: more. Yeah. <laughs> Tryptophan right? and THC guaranteed oh my God. for a very long midwinter's now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I go in, I get another plate. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm finally like, all right, I think I might be ready for bed. Someone walks by and goes, here, have this. Hands me a handful of mushrooms. I'm like, okay, oh, no. sure. I'm like, I don't have to work tomorrow. Why not eat them? I was fucked up. I had to go home and like sit in my dark living room. And like I ended up watching MTV for like the last time that I ever saw a video on MTV2 <laughs> at this point. So like, yeah, it was oh my super God. fucked up. I, it, but it was I had the a mushroom best Thanksgiving.
0: I had a mushroom trip like that and it was probably, oh fuck, maybe like 2000 or something like that. But it was like, I woke up in the morning and my younger sister was like uh really awesome at volleyball. And so my mom and dad were always traveling all over to go see our play places. And so I knew I was going to be all alone in the house. And so I just woke up and I was just feeling it. I was like, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to eat this half. I ate the mushrooms. I'm going to find some friends to hang out with. And it's going to be a fucking rad Saturday. And like the whole first part of that plan went on, went off without a hitch, but I could find no friends to hang out with (laughs) at all, at all. Fucking nobody was around, you know, and this was, this was way back before, you know, like Like uh, people were just starting to get those Nokia phones, (laughs) you know, they had snake on them. The old, like, what was it? Nokia 5160, some shit like that. And, um, there was nobody to hang out with. And like, I had already passed the point of no return. I had already eaten these fucking mushrooms. (laughs) And so I just sat and watched like total Request live with Carson Daly. Oh my God. And it was on like all fucking day. And at the time, my dad is like a pretty avid hunter. And so the living room at the time, it was like the TV was at one end of the living room. And then there was two shoulder mount deer heads above the TV. <laughs> and there was like ducks on the wing on the walls. And then there was another duck that was suspended from fishing line hanging from the ceiling. Like it was coming in for a landing. Oh, my God. And the other antlers and stuff all over the room. Uh, other like hunting accoutrements and whatnot. And like the dog at the time that mom and dad had, it was like this mini miniature collie looking dog and he was just very very high strung and so i his name was sam and i remember sam just staring at me and like shaking He was like <laughs> one of those dogs that would shake and then it was just carson Daly, all this awful fucking music for the most part on mtv oh my <laughs> and then, god and, and like in and me just tripping balls and it was like the most boring shitty trip ever that by the end of i actually went in and unprogrammed mtv out of the out of the tv so that when you're channel surfing you didn't even see it anymore
1: Oh, that's brilliant!
0: Because <laughs> I was like, "Fuck MTV."
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't think like. Oh, it it's so weird. Fucking MTV is, has gone from like being somewhat dealable and like having like good music on for the most part to like not even remotely re- acknowledging anything about music. Like I don't. I don't even understand how they still have the MTV awards.
0: Dude, I read about this. You. I think I think it was on Reddit and I think the phenomenon was called network drift and it's when a network starts off with a certain amount of programming but then in an effort to chase viewership they drift away from what that original intent was to where now you have shit on the learning channel that is anything but MTV no longer has music on its, you know, it's not music television anymore.
1: So if you don't have videos, music videos, how do you still have the MTV awards? Why is that even a fucking thing? Why do people still
0: get moon men? Well, I, 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 it's been a long ass fucking time since I've even seen one of those. So I assume they're still awarding awards to videos. On the video awards, and they're just talking about ones that were released directly to YouTube, like, because that's pretty that's much how artists do it up. these days, right? Yeah. Because you're going to put it on the biggest so. platform. Yeah. And there's no gatekeepers there. That's true. Whereas, you know, MTV certainly would have had gatekeepers and stuff back in the day. You and Kurt Loder oh. being like, get the fuck out of here, Andrew Dice yeah. Clay. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember when MTV banned Andrew ah. Dice Clay <laughs>
1: That was fucking brilliant. Like,
0: oh my God.
1: There was so much weird shit about that. Like, I actually, do you remember Ford Fairlane when he, like, even brings that up (laughs) in the fucking movie? Like, the one movie he has where it's like his movie. I love Ford Fairlane,
0: rock and roll detective. he He goes, Yeah,
1: I'd have gone to the MTV Music Awards, but I'm kind of banned from there, too. As, like, as Ford (laughs) Fairlight, but, like, totally Andrew Dice Clay moment. I'm like, that's funny as shit.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Who are you two guys? Neil and Bob, or is that just what you do? Oh! (laughs) Oh. (laughs) The amount of shitty one-liners in that movie. It's
1: so fucking funny. There is no fucking way that those comedians could ever make it today. There's there's no way we get Dice Clay, Sam Kinnison. We don't get Pryor. We don't get Carlin. We don't get any of that. We don't get Red Fox, dude. Like well, we. I don't know, dude. Those there's, comics...
0: there's there's still some comics that are today that have those same sensibilities. Like if you ever listened dude, to Big J are... Okerson. Yes. Yeah, like dude, listen to Big J Okerson's Crowdwork albums. They're they're phenomenal. Like the guy is so good with crowdwork, and the stuff that he says is. Just... Awful. But, like,
1: <laughs> the, like, honestly, I think comedians should be able to, like, say whatever for the most part. Like, you know, within norms, but everybody is fucking losing their mind. Like, well, Chappelle almost got, like, uh, they tried to cancel Chappelle. They've tried to cancel Burr. Rogan's in the middle of being canceled. It's like, what the
0: fuck? Dude. The thing come with comedians <clears throat> and taking any. Like bit or anything like that out of context or, or just taking a bit and just writing it down and then reading a transcript of it. It comes off really, really fucking bad unless you're like a super squeaky clean comic, you know, like right. Brian Regan or or um, Jerry Seinfeld or, or one of those guys. But a lot of comedy. Yeah, it's going to be really fucking edgy and it's going to say stuff that's really, really fucked up. Because it's gonna, it's supposed to shock you. Com- com- comedy is right. like about the exaggeration, so there's supposed to be something in there that shocks you a bit, and then the smart ones are able to work in, you know, nuggets of truth in there. So it, yeah. it shocks you and makes you look at it from a different angle. And a lot of times you'll walk away saying, "Wow, that's really fucked up," but it's kind of fucked up because it's true. Right. And and so yeah, I, I don't, I don't like at all the idea of people censoring comedy or, or saying you know, oh, they're, they, you know, you can't say this or that or this, but, but it's also easy for me to have that opinion because, you know, I'm 41 year old white dude right. living in Iowa. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I mean, I have zero fucking skin in this game. And so right. for the most part of, you know, it's like if people get offended by stuff, it's, I totally See, I, get that. I, I, I think, I think that's the
1: thing, like our generation, because I'm 46, I'll be 47 in May. I, like there's no way dice can pull off his album today there's no way there's and and like just the content alone in that you can't do that in a comedy club anymore you can't do that on a stage without being called out for something because people instead of Sitting there and recognizing that it's written as a joke, people take it everything so personally,
0: yeah. They look at it like there's, it's a TED talk and not a comedy, right? Act.
1: Right, there's it's like no, just because
0: a com- comedian's saying this, it doesn't mean that that's the way he feels about the subject, right? It, it, yeah,
1: but it's it, it, it lately it's just been so blown out of proportion. With
0: well, do you know where the everything. danger in it, I think, really lies? Is when people listen to it, they get entertained by it, they laugh about it, and then they turn around and repeat that stuff way out of context in ways that are actually pretty bad. You know what I mean? Like, like think about somebody that's got, like, a racist bent, you know, really loving the shit out of the Dave Chappelle skit where he's the the blind
1: KKK guy, you know,
0: or... You know, and, and so for those things right there, it's like I, I totally get that. But just in the pure context of it being a comedy bit, it's like it is what it is. It's it's somebody that's trying to make a joke and speech and like talking and stuff like that. It's trying to convey intent and convey thoughts. And so right. you can't just look at words as this black and white thing because it's not there. They're, they're a living, breathing thing that is conveying emotional intent. And if that intent is is racist and harmful and hateful, it's fucking terrible. But if that intent is, I'm trying to get a laugh, this is a comedy show, it's a little bit different. And in this age right. of recreational outrage... You know, it's, ah, it's it's a fucking I
1: fucking love that it's, it's, recreational outrage. Well,
0: that's really what it is. It's, it's people that are like just trolling to get pissed off. It seems in the way that these algorithms are set up on social media sites. They're going to feed oh you the God. stuff that pisses you off because you engage with the things that piss you off. Very and, true. And so it's it's kind of terrible. Um, I find myself more and more thinking about that. That story about the Tower of Babel and God taking a look at the entire world, being able to easily communicate with each other and be like, mm, no, yeah. <laughs> being Like maybe there's, maybe there's some weight to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we're doing a shit job of it, but then there are oh, little corners, God. you know, of social media that are, that are awesome things, you know, like, like the leftover army page and places like that, where it's people can come together and not be absolute fucking dipshits. They can, they can be cool. They, it's it's kind of sad that in most you know pages and forums and shit like that if there's not an express rule of don't be a dick and then there's not for or admins there that'll enforce it it's like it turns into things where it's there's been so many different pages for other hobbies that I've joined and then subsequently quit a week later yeah because it, it's yeah. just been like fuck that i'm not going to fucking comment on this thing i'm yeah. not going to no. add to this community at all it's full of fucking dickwads
1: yeah, I, I've left so many groups, including the Army. I just, like, I'm, I'm done with all the groups. Like, I literally follow groups that are stupid meme groups. Like, I follow a letter, letter Kenny fucking group just so that, like, I can see fucking memes and shit. I follow hockey groups and shit like that. It's, it's funny. Hockey – fucking hockey – hockey fans are the worst people on fucking on their own team sometimes (laughs) it's so fucking weird it's so crazy but yeah um yeah i just i've gotten to the point where i've literally it's just a friends list and then like some of the shit that i'm vaguely interested in that is on my social media feed like my wife looks at me all the time is like How can you be on that all the time? I'm like, I'm just reading people's stories. Like, I'm a complete voyeur. I don't fucking care. But then I sit there and I get annoyed with people all the time, too, because none of my friends are, well, not none of my friends, but a lot of my friends are fucking extremists. And it's fucking obnoxious.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you give an extremist social media and it's like, stop it. Just stop. I've gotten to the point where I don't really share anything on Facebook that's, like, really not podcast related. And even all that stuff is more in groups. I don't do too much on my actual, like, page page. And I I find the majority of, like, the just scrolling I do through social media is pretty much all through Reddit these days. And, like, I just love how easily it connects you with so many different articles and stuff like that. And also the the user group on, on Reddit varies from obnoxious to extremely clever and funny right and and so i just i just find that like facebook just seems like a cesspool of people just screaming into the void
1: (laughs) it's awful You, you know what like honestly the stuff that i really get into on facebook are like because joe got into got a fucking resin printer and has been doing 3d models and shit so he's been showing me these uh, pages that he follows where they do they everyone makes their own statues and shit oh nice I'll fucking I, I'll sit there and go to those all fucking day because they're fucking gorgeous statues and you're just like oh my god I have Joe like lined up to make me like four or five statues I'm like dude I need that one I need that one you just let me know how much it's gonna be but oh my god it's mm. yeah that's what that's what social media should be for cause Honestly, people are shitty. It's it's just fucked up. I'm so done with people as a whole.
0: <laughs> I what mean, if fuck? you judge only the human race off their interactions on Facebook, yeah, we'd be doomed. Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> I, I'm not like, even just Facebook. Like, honestly, like, it is
1: everywhere. I watch, I watch the news and I'm just like sitting there the the every time going this world has it out for everybody it is so fucked and people just sit around like this is the norm like the shit that goes on in this world should not be considered normal oh.
0: and we all do i've been collecting stupid news stories i'm sure you have <laughs> There's some really good ones in here. What do you got? (laughs) Okay. Oh, um, so there was a dude in Singapore that was attacked by a pack of otters and he thought he was going to die.
1: That sounds like the cutest attack ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you'd think on the surface, right? Uh, Right. Yeah. Graham George Spencer, a British citizen living in Singapore, said he was chased, pinned down, and bitten 26 times in 10 seconds by a family of otters while out for an early morning walk in the Botanic Gardens. Well, maybe he should have been fucking with otters. I don't know. (laughs) I actually thought I was going to die. They were going to kill me, he said. (laughs) That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Dude. A pair, a fucking family of otters.
1: The otters are being like, "Fuck human race." (laughs) They're like, "Fuck you, humans! You fucked up this planet." Well, that's it. We're taking out the next motherfucker that walks by. This guy's just, like, strolling by. It's probably some environmentalist, too. <laughs> like, honestly, that that's the best part. Like, if it's a dude who's, like, all about nature and, like, trying to save the earth and everything else. And, like, these others are like, we're fucking up the next person who walks by. We don't care who it is. Just get him. And this guy's, oh, a family of, oh, my God, no.
0: Oh, fucking <laughs> <laughs> the irony is beautiful oh i got more you want more yes i love this This excellent well let's do it like a segment I, i even got i even got a bumper on deck let's do it okay okay this is america you dumb son of a bitch (laughs) <laughs> oh that's great oh, i thought you'd like that oh that's
1: perfect <laughs> oh my god i love that america you dumb son of a bitch
0: so there was a woman arrested in texas after she was trying to buy a walmart shopper's son for five hundred thousand dollars because she wanted him and she was I... gonna take him <laughs>
1: I heard this story, and that's (laughs) fucked up.
0: Can you imagine that? If you were just there shopping, and your kid was in the cart, and some crazy person just fixates on you, saying they're going to take your child, that'd be terrifying.
1: I mean, there's days if someone offered me $500,000 for my kid, I'd be like, eh, fuck it, take them. They're kind of a dick today. I don't care. But but," (laughs) 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 honestly...
0: <laughs> you can't handle this kid. They will break you. You can't
1: handle. You'll you'll be out five hundred thousand dollars because you're bringing the kid back. Like honestly, <laughs> but far be it from me to stop you. Go ahead, take the kid. But no, that's fucked up. Like there's just something mentally wrong with that person. I like, mean, that yeah, person obviously is, it had to be like, a crazy. Person. Super needed help. Yeah, but seriously, I, I there's days like. To this day, there's me and my daughter are at the point where cohabitating in the same house for far too long. It's time for her to get the fuck out. I I love her to death, but we get along a lot better when she's not around. So, <laughs> I get it. Oh. Five hundred thousand dollars. there's days, I'm like, I will take that if you take this kid. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Stories like that really are an indictment on this country's handling of its mentally ill part of the population, though, too, you know, I worked in a
1: mental hospital and there's not great people working in mental hospitals. It's not like you have a ton of social workers that are watching these people. You have people with barely a high school education who are getting paid. Fairly well, but like, like orderlies very, and stuff like that. Yeah, there's like very little training. Like I was, the, I was considered a psych tech, and like I had to deal with fairly violent people. And the training you got, you, you have to be super, like super protective of them. So it's almost like you have no rights as a person. Like I got punched in the face a lot. And I couldn't respond the first time it ever happened. It was like I just – I fucking cocked my arm back like I was going to punch him and someone had to stop me. And They're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, you Fuck. But like <laughs> the shit <laughs> – the shit you see. Like people – like you have people there who should not be handling mentally ill people because they are not compassionate. They don't have – the ability to sit there and the empathy like the nurse ratchets yeah it's like i saw some real shady shit and it's it's kind of fucked up it like like you have people who need a lot more training in protecting and helping these people than we give them credit for because like I as a person should not have been in charge of a mentally disabled person who is can be super violent because I wasn't really trained well enough. You're trained a lot in very like restraining them, but in a mo in the most pacifistic way possible. And at the same time, you it's only really done with a gentle hand when there's bigwigs around. Otherwise, all that training is for naught. And that training isn't really all that first class. Anyways, I think I had like literally training for a month before they put me on the ward with the fucking craziest of the crazies. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah, it it's our mental health system is a fucking joke,
0: an absolute joke. Wow the the guest I had on last week, Rodimus Prime, he's a uh, nurse practitioner in the not uh, mental health field, and so yeah, we, we had some good conversations about that. I'm gonna have to ask him about it. <laughs> like, hey, so what are some of these orderlies like?
1: Oh, dude, <laughs> like. like- like, honestly, there's, there's people who had GEDs, like, well, I had GEDs, but I, I also have, co- like, college experience. But there's people who are barely high school graduates and, like, were giving them jobs. Like, people with, like, huge substance abuse problems, obvious substance abuse problems. And you're putting them in with people who are mentally unstable. Not probably a great idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of those fields that I, you know, I, I, I'm really empathetic to a lot of the people who do that because like you were saying, it's a very, very hard job. You're going to have a job that, you know, there's a likelihood that you're going to get physically assaulted and you're going to have to take that with, with, you know, composure and, and, and be professional about it. And it's probably not, you know, the highest paying gig in the world. and, It's it's just tough. It's it's I don't know. It's it's kind of like that same vein with like law enforcement, you know, where it's like these people, they need to be they need to be paid more so that it, you know, has a higher bar. They need to be educated better. There needs to be more of a focus on like constant training. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's. It's an impossible job to begin with, and yeah. and and I feel the same way with people who who work in in those sorts of environments, in like a mental health hospital, because that has got to be a very very stressful, difficult, oftentimes thankless job, but it's a necessary one because mm-hmm. you need to take care of the people in your society that aren't mentally well, and and America clearly has a big fucking problem. Like I don't know, this, this kind of works right into the the next article. <clears throat> uh, a McDonald's employee was shot in an argument over a discount over French fries. This happened in Saint Louis, wow. where this woman wasn't getting the discount she wanted on her French fries. She was arguing with the a McDonald's employee, followed them outside on a cigarette break. The argument escalated into the employee getting shot over fucking French fries,
1: dude. Like, honestly, like <laughs> the fuck? this world's this world is fucking losing its mind. Because, like, how often before COVID? Did you ever see news pieces about people acting up in airplanes? And now it's almost a fucking daily occurrence that you see an article of someone flipping out on an airplane and having to be restrained. It's like, what the fuck is going on with people? What is – what – why have people become so brazen that they think that they can start a fight on a plane or fucking – shoot someone at mcdonald's over a fucking discount on like what maybe 20 cents maybe
0: yeah well i think a lot of these i think a lot of the gun problems in america tie back to mental health or they tie back to just this this weird lack of valuing you know human life and i like i couldn't like i grew up with guns you know like when i was old Mm -hmm. enough to To hold my dad's, you know, break action double barrel four ten, that's when I started learning how to shoot a shotgun, and exactly. then progressed up to shooting a twenty two rifle, and then all sorts of fun stuff after that. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up with a BB gun, had my own bow and arrow, all all sorts of shit like that, and I knew from a very young age, like you don't even like you don't point a weapon at somebody even just fucking around, right, and. There's so many people in this country that just seemingly have this callous disregard for human life and then like looks at guns and weapons and stuff like it's just some sort of it's just this thing just going to casually carry it around. I remember after Iowa, like once upon a time I had a concealed carry permit and I had to go through all these classes and all this stuff to be able to do it and really It wasn't that big of a class. It was like a four hour PowerPoint presentation, but you had to at least (laughs) pass a fucking range qualification with somebody actually watching you and watching the way you actually handled the gun and everything. And and they would knock points off if you didn't handle it in a safe manner. Fast forward a little bit. Iowa changes its rules so where you can just fucking carry. It's like if you can own a gun, you can just fucking carry it. And I remember I was sitting at a stoplight and I was waiting to make a right turn on red. And I looked over to my left and there's this dude standing on the side ready to cross the road. And he's like adjusting his pants and pulling them up. And there's just a pistol just casually tucked into his fucking waist. Jesus Christ. And I just looked and I was like, I can't believe I just fucking saw that. The whole point of concealed carry is it's concealed. You're not supposed to see it. (laughs) And now it's like, it's, it's so many people have gotten up in arms. Of, the, my favorites are the people who cosplay like they're fucking na- uh, Navy SEALs or tactical force <laughs> people. And they show up at these protests and stuff walking around where it's like, dude, if you want to be a soldier, go join the fucking army. Right. But ju- just because you've got enough of a disposable income that you can buy a semi-automatic tricked out AR and a bunch of body armor and stuff, you're going to fucking walk around hanging that gun off we've got your finger indexed on the frame. Like you're a fucking professional. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You're at Jethro and you yeah. fucking, you're look like a fucking moron walking around doing this stuff. And you're making America as a whole look fucking stupid. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, dude. It, yeah. We're just fucking, we so want it to be the wild West, but like we want it to be on our terms and it's, uh, it it doesn't work honestly. I got my first gun this year for Christmas. Ooh, what'd you get? So, a Glock, Glock seventeen. <laughs> yes, uh, seventeen. Beautiful. I have oh, a Glock
0: seventeen also. It's fucking awesome. Oh, it's
1: odd. dude! It is so great. I fucking love it. But like, so I've never. <laughs> See, been I'm like, saying
0: all this shit, talking shit on gun people, and I'm salivating over a new Glock. I like guns, but I don't, I don't like how fucking extreme some people go with it. Right. And that's the thing.
1: Like I, uh, I don't care if people have guns. I don't give a fuck what you have. I don't care how big a magazine is. I don't give a fuck what you want to own for a gun. I really don't. The more guns you want, the better. If you want to take them, go shooting and all that shit. As long as you're not hurting anyone, fine. And be as safe. long as be you start be smart don't...
0: with it, keep it in a right. safe when it's not right. being
1: used. Like, and don't fucking walk around with, like, fucking body armor and fucking magazines like you're going to (laughs) war when you're going downtown to the Piggly Wiggly for a fucking big gulp, you asshole. My favorite is the guy
0: standing in line at Subway that's wearing four pistols and he has all these, like, backup magazines also. And I think he also has, like, the shell of a rocket launcher slung over his fucking shoulder. And it's like, what are you going to do with that? Right. That's empty Just, ordinance, you fucking weirdo. It fucking makes no sense. <laughs> you can go play whatsoever. out in the woods with your friends. It, <laughs> You're going to go play more? Vermont has
1: an open carry uh, law, too. So, like, you can walk around and have the gun fucking all brandished and shit, but you'd get in trouble if you tried to cover it up if you don't have concealed. So, like, but it's funny. I first saw it when I was, like, first moved to vermont from michigan and like it was like a couple i'd been here a couple years and my stepdad had brought me out to go meet a couple guys they were i forget what the fuck they were doing or whatever fuck this was over 20 years ago so excuse my memory (laughs) but he uh I, I remember fucking walking up to them, and I remember them both having pistols in their holster and shit. And it was, like, fucking out in the open. I'm just, like, sitting there, like, looking around going, the fuck is this? What? What? When did I just step into the fucking Old West? Is it fucking high noon? Like, should I have been wearing <laughs> spurs and shit? What the
0: fuck is going on? Are you guys waiting for Doc Holliday?
1: <laughs> right. So, me and my stepdad leave, and I'm like, what the fuck? He goes, I'm like, dudes just carry guns around here? He goes, eh, not everybody, but yeah, you can, there's open carry in Vermont. I'm like, that's fucking weird. And to be honest, since then, I have never, ever seen anyone fucking open carry. Like, it is never, like, I either don't pay attention to it, or people just don't do it around here. It's like, it's fucking crazy. And like, honestly, Vermont's one of the safest states and we have an open carry law. So like, as long as you're not in a place where people are just fucking psycho-demented all the time, like, I don't know, it's weird, but I love my Glock, dude. Oh my God, it is so <laughs> nice. I fucking, I was like so excited. Cause like, I've always been, I don't give a shit, but I've never had a need for a gun. I've just like never lived where a gun was beneficial to.
0: It's not about me saying it's about being an American and owning a fucking gun. Right. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I, I didn't care.
1: Like, honestly, it was always like, yeah, whatever I, but honestly, I was never like, Oh, fuck that. Fuck guns. It was just like, damn, whatever. I don't need one. And then it wasn't up until the fucking pandemic started where I'm like, you know what? I'm not kidding. I, I think now I need a gun, and it' it's been more because I the how fucking crazy this world has gotten, and I don't trust people any further than I can throw them. and I'm a 46 year old diabetic missing toes who hasn't worked out in over a year. I'm not throwing <laughs> anybody fucking anywhere, okay? I'm lazy as shit so i don't trust people that much that fucking someone who's always said i don't need a gun was like you know what babe get me a gun for christmas like kind of like keep us safe and that was it like took it out went shooting a couple times it's oh my god it is fucking fun though oh sweet god yeah it's beautiful
0: yeah shooting is fun it got it gets expensive yeah it does (laughs) because how much a box of 50 rounds and nine millimeter costs you versus how quickly you'll go through that at the range it's sad
1: dude a box goes like in 15 minutes like (laughs) honestly i have i have three clips that i can fill up and that kills just about an entire box so like i can go to a range empty three fucking clips and be done and like be like yeah okay there goes that money. Fuck, <laughs> it's crazy. It is expensive, but it's worth it. It's yeah. fucking so
0: worth it. <laughs> I haven't mm. gone shooting in a long time now, actually. Ah. But it is. I miss it. I, I like the long range target shooting too. I always wanted to get a, um, a Ruger ten twenty two. Yeah, and you know just get a you know a fairly. Not like a high-end scope or anything, but not something that's like $20 either. And, you know, just be able to practice plinking at like 100 and 200 yards and stuff like that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Because my 22 box of ammo is very cheap. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now,
1: my buddy fucking... First time he took me out shooting with him, he he brought his shotgun and his Glock. He has a Glock 22. And, uh... I fucking fired the Glock, and that that's what got me. I was like, oh, dude, that fucking gun is nice. That's a fun gun to shoot. But that shotgun, holy shit, dude. My fucking shoulder, my chest and my shoulder were black and blue for, like, a <laughs> fucking week and a half, dude. It was, like, and it was deep, too. I was like, holy shit, I'm like, it feels like someone just fucking came up and like, like I got donkey kicked in the shoulder or some shit. Oh, my God. that was crazy. But it was fun. Like it was, Last time oh. I
0: shot shotgun, I, I think I went through about 100 rounds or so. And yeah, I had a bruise on my shoulder the next oh. day after shooting that much trap. I was on a fucking oh. roll, though, dude. I think I was up in the 80s before I missed. I was so pissed off. I was like. Starting to get confident, thinking, for sure, I'm going to get a perfect 100 for the first time in my life. Nope.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm nowhere near fucking trying to shoot trap like that. That'd be like, yeah, no. Shotgun was always my
0: favorite. Shooting a shotgun's intuitive. You just point it. You're not aiming. Yeah. Yeah, you really are. Shotgun's all about feeling. Like, that's the closest you're going to get to wielding the force, (laughs) is being really good at shooting trap. (laughs) Yeah. fuck because what? you're shooting where the pigeon's about to be not where it's at yeah. right now <laughs> oh, it's it's fucking brutal
1: like we had this huge target set up and we fucking blew that thing in half and then fuck it like oh it was mm, so much fun it hurt so bad <laughs> but it was so worth it it's like tattoos man like you fucking sit there and you're like you get certain tattoos and like oh that fucking hurts but oh my god I can't wait to go back and do it again
0: <laughs> still never gotten a single tattoo. I know you've got, you got a few. Nope, yeah. I've never gotten one.
1: Yeah, I've added to my... I've actually decided that I'm doing two uh, lower half sleeves. Um, oh, the. Nice. Yeah, I did Batman and on one side, or I did the Batman symbol on one side, and then I did a Joker inside a playing card on my left forearm. So... <clears throat> we went to go get my daughter her first tattoo and the the day of going to get it she goes hey can you go in with me like just so i have someone there i'm like yeah sure i'll go in with you i go but you might want to check make sure what the guidelines are so she calls and she goes well you can't go in unless you get a tattoo and I wasn't planning on getting it I'm like, you like twist what? my I, arm I, I, well <laughs> kind of but like I was really trying to be good I was like I, <laughs> I didn't really want to get one like right then because I told my wife I can't, I was like super adamant every time I'm like don't worry babe I'm not going to get a tattoo I'm not going to get a tattoo I'm just going to go with with Becca and shit She's like, all right. she told everybody she goes he's not going to go there and get a tattoo he's not going to go there and get a tattoo <laughs> And two hours before I have to take my daughter up to the, to the tattoo shop, I call my wife. She's like, what's up? I'm like, um, yeah, so I'm getting a tattoo. It's going to be kind of small, so it shouldn't be expensive and shit. So don't worry about it. She's like, are you kidding me? I go, I know. I wasn't planning on it, but Becca wants me to go in with her. And the only way I can even go in is if I get a tattoo. I go, so I'm going to do something small. So I started adding to, underneath the Batman symbol, I put the Robin symbol. And then we, like, my wife was going to go get her second tattoo. And we had come up with the design, but I forgot to make the appointment. So... I call like we get back and we show her our tattoos and my daughter's tattoo came out fucking gorgeous. I was so impressed with hers so I make a uh, an appointment for my wife and I'm like, you know what and this was like when we were getting the stimulus money, but we me and my wife are both still working so like the stimulus money was like fucking extra money. I'm like, you know what I'm gonna add to this a little bit when we get this stimulus money and I'm going to fucking throw a couple more logos on there. So I put the kingdom come Superman logo underneath the Batman logo. And then the Nightwing logo underneath the Robin and Superman logo. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a whole fucking half sleeve of logos. And as I'm talking to my tattoo artist, he's like, no, break it up. Do like, do like heroes and shit on the other side. And like, we can fill it all in and stuff. I'm like, all right, so now I've decided that I'm going to have, like, Spider-Man hanging from my elbow, coming down, the Hulk, like, right in between, and then Wolverine down by my wrist, crouched down with his claws popped. Oh, cool. And, I'm like, and then I'll just, like, fill in around, and then my other side's going to be all villains. And I'm like, yeah. So I got a couple granted work that's coming, but, oh, God, <laughs> it, it's like you think about it's fucking, it is, it's one of those things where it's so painful when you're doing it at times that you're just like, there's moments where you want to tap out. You're like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can get through it. And then you get done and you're like, fuck, I wish it wasn't done. I wish we could keep going. I want to add more to it. It's fucking brutal.
0: (laughs) I remember a friend in, in, um, just out of high school was really, really addicted to getting tattoos. And he was talking about like, how the the pain feeling of it is like very addictive where he's like it, it almost leaves you feeling buzzed afterwards and i'm like it that's fucking wild dude
1: it, it really kind of does because like there's something therapeutic about it it fucking hurts don't ever let anyone say that it doesn't hurt because it fucking hurts but it's one of those weird hurts that doesn't you know that the outcome is going to be so worth it and it's not so bad that you're just like oh my god this is the most excruciating thing i've ever done like there's little bits and there's spots that really hurt like so i have one on my back that kind of reached up onto my neck a little bit like not far onto it but enough there's there's moments where that's super tender and it like kind of hurts. But for the most part, the back one didn't, the two I have on my back barely hurt. Now the ones that I have on my arms, the ones that kind of came down near my wrist, like the wrist area kind of hurt. I have my wife's name on my finger, the finger, fuck it. That was the most painful shit. And Don't fucking put it on your ring finger, because when you do, you can't wear your wedding ring because that shit fucking hurts rubbing on your tattoo all the time. Oh, it was brutal.
0: Oh, really? i would never even considered that. I figured once it heals, but like that pain still lingers. It takes so the
1: pain of the tattoo goes away and then it doesn't hurt for a while. But when it's healing, it scabs up and it's tender but that is especially tender because your fingers aren't necessarily all like super meaty. It's a lot of bone that you're hitting. There's not a lot of skin
0: on your Bar. fingers, so it the hits your bone. The thought of a needle bone. hitting the bone just makes me cringe.
1: It's a it, it's a little much. I like I would I wouldn't do a finger tattoo again. Like anywhere near my hands and shit. That shit was painful. So yeah, <laughs> but as it's healing, it scabs up and it's tender. It doesn't hurt, but it's tender unless you have something rubbing on it. And my wedding ring would like, just, it's not super, super tight, which, you know, I can take my wedding ring on and off as I choose. It's not like I have super thick fingers or anything, but there's enough room that my ring doesn't like stay in one spot on my hand so it moves around and when it moves around it like it'll catch the little hairs that are starting to grow out and that are like growing out of the scab and it pulls on it a little bit oh Ah. yeah it's it was it was brutal it sucked but (laughs) every other tattoo like that i've had didn't hurt nearly as much
0: well now that it's all healed up can you wear your ring on it again no problem oh yeah
1: yeah no okay so it was just during the healing process that makes sense yeah now honestly to this point to this day i forget it's there most most of the time like it'll be every i mean i don't pay attention to that hand i had it in a while um i actually just got a uh apple watch like a few days ago from as a bonus gift from work so like I was, like, hadn't been wearing a watch in, fuck, five years or some shit. Like, just no need for wearing a watch anymore.
0: I <laughs> right, mean, when you're carrying a phone all a, the time.
1: Right. Everyone's fucking carrying a phone. You never needed to look at a watch. So, like, I just started looking at my watch, but I never used to look at that hand for any reason. So, like, I would totally forget I'd, I'd have tattoos. So, if someone asked me if I had <laughs> tattoos, I'm, like, sitting there counting them in my head, and I would always forget that one. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to add that one, too, because that's technically a tattoo. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember years ago when those Apple Watches first came out, my buddy James Wetzel had one. and And we were out to eat somewhere, and I noticed it. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, what's it do? he's like, it tells me what time it is. I'm like, you fucking (laughs) fucking asshole.
1: (laughs) Honestly, so I haven't really found much of a use for it other than when I have a video, like when I'm casting a YouTube video, I can sit there and fucking control it from my watch, which kind of helps at times. But like, honestly, I don't like, if I get texted and my phone's not right around, Oh, I did find the best use for it. But if I'm texted and I'm not near my phone, like I get notified, I always have my ringer off. So i never hear my phone. And now I always like, I don't miss a call. Not that I get a ton anyways, but yeah, it's nice to kind of have the be like, well, now my family doesn't think I'm just ignoring them. Like I actually know when they're calling, but (laughs) the best fucking the best feature is it has a find your iphone thing that built into it so like the other day we were going we'd gotten all our dinner shit ready we're gonna go sit out in the living room and watch the olympics or the commercials with a little bit of sporting events sprinkled in here and there um and i was like wait where the fuck is my phone my watch has an alarm where that you can fucking Make it so your phone dings. Even if your ringer's off, it'll ding. I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) So I fucking always know where my phone is now. That is the best part about this fucking watch. Not even that it tells me time and, like, keeps track of whether or not I'm dying. Which, yeah, we're all dying, so.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) One ragged breath at a time.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Another breath closer to death.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: But, (laughs) fucking... Yeah, I don't know why like it required honest, that voice, but it felt like it did. I liked it; it felt natural.
1: <laughs> I'm giving it a ten, sir. I can tell um, you,
0: sea stories, lady. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: honestly, there's no need for an Apple Watch. Like, honest, the, the, there's really no need for it. It's a nice accessory and shit, and I will continue. Like, because I got it for free, I. It was funny. I almost said. I almost bought one. We were me and my wife had gone away on a like a little weekend and uh we had run into the Best Buy to do something. I forget what the fuck we were there for. We we're buying her something or buying we we're buying someone something. Oh, a fucking cord. A charger cord for her and her mom. And uh I was like, she's like, is there anything else? And I like jokingly said, oh, yeah, get me an iWatch or an Apple Watch while we're here. She's like, yeah, that's more of a birthday thing. I'm like, yeah, no, I really don't want one. I haven't fucking worn a watch in five years. There's no need. Two days later, we have a company meeting. They're like, your bonus gift for this year is an Apple Watch Series 3. I'm like. Okay, sure. Why
0: not? I'll wear it. <laughs> Fucking, Wouldn't you have been kicking free... yourself if you just bought Dude, one? Dude, <laughs>
1: honestly, if she had said yes and we got it, because I think had she said yes, I probably would have just gone and got it because I'm impulsive like that. Like, there's no reason. Like, even when she <laughs> said like, no, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't need one. Like, I knew it that moment that I didn't need one and there's no reason for me again. If she was like, yeah, sure. I totally would have gone and gotten a fucking Apple watch and fucking like just been like, oh, yeah, new toy. Fucking I don't know why I bought it, but I bought it. And I like I walked away going, I'm glad I didn't buy that. that. That would have been a fucking stupid buy two days later. Hey, you're getting an Apple watch. Hey, fucking Oh, if I bought one and then they're like, oh, hey. Guess what? You're getting an Apple Watch. i have been like, fuck you guys. Fuck, like, what the
0: fuck. I'd, I'd have been. And they're exactly like, this is a very cool. expensive gift.
1: Yes, it would have been like, hey, we got you a really nice gift. I'd be like, motherfucker, I just bought one. I don't need your fucking gift now. Fuck you. Like, and my wife wouldn't have wanted an Apple Watch, although I could have gotten her because they had the equivalent of whatever. They're like, oh, if you don't have an Apple Watch, well, we got the watch for the (laughs) generic one that goes with every other phone, whatever. I'm like, I guess I just watch.
0: Yeah. Like
1: whatever. But, and it's weird because I was always a watch dude. Like I, if I was ever rich outside of motorcycles and tattoos, I think the one thing that I always kind of wanted was like a fucking nice watch collection. I always fucking found, like, really nice, expensive-looking, fucking decked-out watches were awesome. And, like, I just got to the point, like, probably because I'm not super rich and can't afford the super nice watches, so I was like, fuck it. (laughs) That dream's done. Fuck this. I'm not doing watches anymore. But, no, like, that was always one thing
0: I always wanted. And then I just one point, I was just like, fuck it. I'm done wearing a watch. I don't need it. As soon as I got to the point where I was carrying a cell phone everywhere, I stopped wearing a watch. But from like like childhood on up to like owning a cell phone age, yeah, I, I carried like I wore a watch nonstop. Yeah. Well, half
1: of that is because we had to be home at a certain time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we didn't have the cell phone. So you had to have the watch and be able to tell analog time. Because if you were even a minute late, there was an <laughs> ass whooping coming your way one way or another. That it was either going to be your mom or your dad. And one <laughs> of them was not going to be happy that you were late. So we it, we lived by those watches. That and I forgot about this, but do you remember that there was a fucking number you could call that would tell you the time from a payphone?
0: Um, I remember there was like a local Cedar Rapids number that we could call that would give you time and temperature.
1: I forget where, where it was where we had it. It was either Michigan or Massachusetts, but it was you could call a certain number. You didn't have to drop a dime in or anything. You could just call the number and it would tell you what time it was and it was there specifically for kids to use so they knew what time it was and when they could be when they had to be home. It was fucking crazy. That's how like that's how important it was to be home at a certain time. <laughs> Our parents didn't fuck around. There there was not this like Child protective services today that our parents had. They they had a fucking wooden spoon, a belt, whatever the fuck. And usually if they didn't have anything and they had just had the eyes, you knew you were in trouble. Oh you fucking knew it. And fucking start shaking and being like, Oh shit, what I do now?
0: Fuck, fuck. <laughs> I remember being old enough to like first hearing about the concept of a timeout. And it's like you just yeah. they just go sit by themselves. <laughs> yeah. That sounds lovely.
1: <laughs> Where the fuck was that? Oh, this is funny, because, like, when my kids were young, like, I would say, tell them the shit that my mom did. Like, when I would get in trouble, oh, there there was an ass whooping coming with it. And my kids would look at me like, there's no way Grammy would do that. Like, you don't know your fucking grandmother. Your grandmother had a fist like a fucking horseshoe (laughs) that shit was all iron and it was brutal and she didn't hold back she like it's funny i i told them this story now that they're older and my mom's passed on but it was my mom used to go out fucking partying and would literally leave my aunt enough money to bail her out of jail in case she got into a bar fight which was more than likely (laughs) almost every time she went out so that's wild <laughs> oh yeah so my mom like had a super temper like uh, uh, it got a lot better the older she got but she she had a good temper my dad had a fucking bad temper too but my dad like my dad wasn't really round enough to do discipline and shit so like i never saw my dad's temper i'm oh fuck you pissed my mom off you were fucked. So I had years of being spanked by a belt. Like, and my mom wouldn't like just fucking cold cock me across the face or anything. It was spankings and shit. It wasn't like she beat me relentlessly,
0: <laughs> but disciplinary like, beatings.
1: Yeah, it was total disciplinary beatings, and I rightfully so. I probably deserved most of them, to be honest with you. So it was like, but she was fucking stern man like it there there was no joke I was 14 or 15 and me and my mom had gotten into like we're just fucking yelling at each other back and forth and I fucking I we lived in this like kind of condo place they my mom and my stepdad had the second floor and I had the third floor so I'm like me and her yelling at one another, and I start walking up the stairs, and I fucking get to the top of the stairs, and she's at the bottom of the stairs, and she's still yelling at me. I go, "Fuck you too, bitch." My mom Uh-oh. fucking threw her fucking hands up and was ready to fucking throw down. Like my mom was ready to punch me, and I'm she's like, "Oh, you want to fucking go?" And starts walking up the stairs. I'm like, "Uh, no." I fucking ran into my room, shut my door, (laughs) blockaded it so she couldn't come in. I was scared to death of my mom. Like, my kids did not understand that that's my mom. They're like, Grammy. No, she would never do anything like that. I'm like, you kids have no fucking idea. Like, I may lose my temper and I may yell at you. I have never laid a fucking hand on you like your grandmother laid a hand on me. You're like nice, sweet, old grandmother. You think it's all kind and shit. I'm a far better parent than her. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like my kids, they get time out. Like they got shit straight up taken away. There was no, oh, you're just going to sit and it's all going to be fucking honky dory. You can play whatever, watch whatever, fucking be on. No, you got everything taken the fuck away.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, no, t- yeah. taking important things away for a, a period of time and then setting a structure in place where you have to do this and then you can get it back. Right. You know, yeah, that, I'll that seems that. to be, but like, it is kind of funny how, like, when you trace back through different generations, it was like, I remember like, like hearing stories from grandparents about, you know, like, oh, you'd have to go, they'd tell you to go take a switch off the tree. And they'd I've go done that. Cut like a little branch off a tree that they were going to whip you with. And it's like, oh, that's fucking, that's really, really hardcore. Like yeah. I had never had that shit happen to me. I, th- I think I got whipped with a belt probably a time or two and I'm sure I deserved them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure I fucking like, deserved them.
1: I think if you ask almost anybody in our generation when they've gotten beat, like, did you deserve it? Yeah, probably. Like, honestly, yeah, I was a pretty fucking obnoxious kid, I guess. Like, I it, and it I mean, I heard stories about how my mom grew up and you you obviously my it. Again, I couldn't see my grandparents really doing the shit that they did to my mom, either. The way that my kids can't see my mom doing the shit she did to me, right? But like, <laughs> you just get such time, a different
0: version of that person as a right? grandkid versus a you know a child.
1: Yeah. Well, I it it was fucked up because my mom would sit there and be like, she would tell me straight up stories, which was even more fucked up because it has to do more with the secrets you're hiding at home as opposed to like the real reason you're mad. So like my grandparents had four children and one of their kids, I think he might've been the youngest kid or the second youngest kid. I can't remember. He might've been the youngest when they were kids. So this is in like the early fifties. At, like, early, mid-50s. They had... My mom and... I think... My aunt had a, like, neighbor kid friend over. And... Their brother, their little brother, was crying. And the little... The kid that they had over was getting annoyed by the fact that this kid was crying. So I fucking, like... I guess laundry detergent used to come in a fucking heavy aluminum can and that kid fucking took it and threw it at my uncle and hit him straight in the head and like fucked my uncle up for life, hit him like right in the soft spot and damaged his brain. Oh no. Yeah. So my uncle, for all intents and purposes, was retarded because of that and like lived in a home for his whole life and everything so my they would go on the weekends go out and visit my uncle and they it would be like a family trip and they'd spend some time with him and then come home so one day they were like my mom was in class and they're going around the classroom like oh hey let's talk about what we did and shit at home and and mm-hmm. what's going on in our lives. And my mom very innocently says, Oh, we went to this, you know, went to go see my brother who's in this home and everything. And it got back to my grandparents. And my grandparents fucking savagely beat my mom because that she had the gall to tell them about their retarded brother or their retarded son, her retarded brother. And it was so shameful. No one should have ever known about that. And the fucking beating they laid on her. Like, she was telling me this when I was a teenager. So she was, like, probably mid-30s, late 30s, maybe early 40s. And she was, like, fucking breaking down like it was happening to her. Like, it was fucking brutal. So, like... Obviously, she learned her lesson to an extent like you're not supposed to beat your children to within an inch of their life but if you just go back and you like my grandfather even told me stories about my great grandfather when they because my great or my grandfather had polio when he was young and almost almost everyone with polio it ended up killing My grandfather was lucky and he lived, but it fucking it fucked up the way he walks. Like it fucked up his hips and some and some other shit. So he couldn't really do everything a normal kid could do. And my grandfather was a very avid outdoorsman would go out hunting and fishing and shit. And my grandfather wouldn't be able to do that kind of stuff because he couldn't like keep up and do what was needed to be done and like my great-grandfather just treated my grandfather like shit because of that so it's like a weird you know every generation is just a little bit worse than the one before as far as how to raise it like we all keep learning as it's going on
0: but yeah yeah, that societal evolution, hopefully that is a real thing. <laughs> because, yeah, no shit. Because, yeah, when you when you look at that, it's just like, wow, that is a, a series of, of atrocities just handed down from generation to generation. Yeah, no shit. And then there's people that would argue, you know, like, oh, you know, the the generation today is all soft because they didn't get beat to hell when they were kids. It's like, I, I don't know. It's probably better. Do yeah. not, like, take the person that, like, a child looks up to as their example for what an adult is and have them beat the shit out of you. Like, right. Like, what sort of lesson ultimately is in there? It's like, there's better ways to get your point across than with your fists. Yeah. And I think humanity in general needs to figure that fucking shit out.
1: Well, you'd fucking think so, but we can't seem to stop fucking thinking that we need to police everybody and we need to be fucking in everybody's shit all the fucking time. Like like fucking people everyone just chill the fuck out for like 10 minutes and take a look at your own life if your life is perfectly in order if you don't have anything going on if you are so bored that like there's nothing entertaining you've completed everything go fuck with someone's life but honestly there's got to be better shit for people to do than to worry about what someone else is fucking doing
0: well and that's what it comes down to the there's got to be better things to do i think those people haven't found something better to do because it's like if, if you're balls deep in some fucking hobby that keeps you busy all the time you're not doom scrolling and screaming into the <laughs> void online <laughs> and it's like find a better thing like if that's your thing right. like those guys who like cosplay up with their body armor and then go play with their fucking guns. It's like, that's their thing. And it's like, find a better thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, really. And, and so it's like, you know, healthy hobbies are, are, are very good things. And and I think a lot of people could really use that shit. Find something to, to take your mind off it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because yeah, really. at the end of the day, life is going to continue to be this series of ups and downs that is sometimes very hard Sometimes very, very rewarding. You know, that is it's an ebb and flow of life. It's a yeah. series of ups and downs over and over again. Find something to hold on to your fucking sanity in the middle of all that. Like, especially especially in the world today, you know, with so many people in this country being overworked, underpaid, overstressed, you know, poorly fed, poorly exercised. And then you put this computer box in their hand that allows them to just see things that stress them out and make them angry in their downtime and it's like how is that not a recipe for disaster find find a good thing for god's sakes do something that's like a little as physical as you can make it like it's been so bitter cold here for so long that I haven't been able to go out and doing my like daily walks that I was doing like really really regularly before it got all fucking wintry cold and it was actually pretty nice earlier. So I went for a walk right before the podcast and do you felt great? Just yep. get out and just breathe fresh air. Just That's I was listening it. to the, the Peacemaker uh, <laughs> soundtrack on Spotify.
1: Okay. All right. What's your opinion
0: of Peacemaker? Have you watched the finale yet?
1: Yes. I yes. I will say. Uh,
0: okay. Now I listen to Vintage Geeks. To and so that- I, I'm a little bit aware of what, what your opinion is, but please go ahead.
1: Okay, so I will tell you that the scene at the end – I'm spoiling. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Peacemaker spoilers. Peacemaker spoilers. Okay, you have five, four, three, two, one. Fucking when the Justice League showed up (laughs) and the fucking – I'm sitting there going, okay, that's kind of cool. And the fact when Peacemaker fucking walks up and goes, you're fucking late dickheads – I was, I was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. That's so fucking great. It only got better when they fucking showed Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller. <laughs> and it was actually them. And they went with the back and forth banter. I'm like, oh, oh my God. And Aquaman dropped
0: like, an F-bomb. <laughs> right. Not only that, but
1: kind of admitted he fucked fish. And I'm like <laughs> sitting there going, oh, that was the best thing of this. Ent- that, watching this show. For the last eight episodes, that was worth every second of it. That payoff right there was worth every second. It was my favorite scene of the whole series. I fucking died. I. That being said, I am not a James Gunn guy. I'm just fucking not a James Gunn guy. I get it. I think it was cleverly written. I think John Cena did a great job. I think it's absolutely... It's a good show. I'm not that demographic. So I didn't, I thought, I didn't like the Suicide Squad either. Because I like the idea of Starro. But the Starro is definitely a Justice League kind of villain that you should be doing, not a ragtag bunch of misfits. That being said, I also thought it was done kind of corny. And I'm okay with corny, but it just doesn't, it wasn't my brand of corny. So I didn't like the Justice League or the Suicide Squad. I did like John Cena as Peacemaker. I thought that was probably the standout role in that movie. And I was actually kind of excited for the show. But I, this show is not written for me. That being said, I watched it all and it was enjoyable enough where I was never like, oh, fuck this, I'm just checked out. But it wasn't my brand of humor, but I found enough redeeming shit in it to, like, go all the way through and be like, okay, I watched it, I could say I watched it, I can hold a fairly intelligent, air quotes, intelligent conversation with someone about this show, But it's just, it wasn't made for me where I was like, oh, this is the best show ever. I will say that the intro, at first, I thought people were fucking insane for loving the intro. (laughs) I didn't, by the end, I didn't love it still. But that song is so super catchy. And the intro... If you just let it play through and you're not like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever, is actually fairly entertaining really enough want, that it's really Yes. It's so good. Oh, dude, it really <laughs> is. So like it's I I ended up liking the intro, but I wasn't always like, oh, I can't wait to hear the intro. It was just the fact that when I had it on, I would just let it play through. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I don't need to skip it. But it wasn't like I didn't find it the best thing ever. So like it's a meh kind of show for me, but I understand why people love it. And it's worth everyone. The people who love it, I get it. You, you should love this film, this series. It's it's worthy of it. Just not made for me, but I think fucking John Cena is brilliant in the role. I think he fucking oh, nails yeah. like
0: absolutely it, kills that role of peacemaker. It's so good. The dude,
1: the fucking uh, I for, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Is Buddy the fucking Vigilante? Uh, Vigilante. Yeah, Freddy you. Stroma.
0: That dude steals the show. <laughs> he's fucking great, isn't he? He's he so really good. Is, like he's
1: he delivers the most fucking ridiculous shit with the most straight, serious face, is brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. I, that dude... I
0: absolutely that, loved the scene in episode three where they pull his mask off and he starts making all the goofy faces. Yes. <laughs> so
1: they won't be able to describe out. him. Fucking, he believed it. Like, that's the thing. Like, he came <laughs> off believable in that shit. Like, he... That that was the thing that I found, found super impressive, was that john cena and and vigilante and fucking um uh the fuck the other chick the white chick there i can't think of Harcourt. yeah hardcore were standouts for how well they pulled off and how believable they made their characters feel like they they bought into that bullshit and i respected it where i'm like good on you man like like I get it, how fucking outrageous it is, but the fact that you guys are selling it the way it is, like, good on you, because it made it worth watching, And, and actually able to be watched. There's a point where you could go just a bit too far. And then it's too corny, and really just a mockery of it. And I think they struck the right chord where it was like, they bought into their bullshit. Like there's a there's always for me it's like the fast and the furious. Those people oversell how serious they fucking think that they should be. <laughs> when reality is is the fact that if you're turning a sub around on, or a torpedo around on ice in a car or you launch a fucking Fiero into outer space, oh, come and on, that's land, totally legit. <laughs> if you don't have an air of Ha ha, this is fucking corny as shit. You're not going to sell it. And that's like, I I don't get why those movies are so popular. Because I'm like, (laughs) the fuck, this is the most outrageous... Like I get. James That's why Bond they're fun pulled... because
0: they're so outrageous. And they're not though, man.
1: They're like <laughs> really fucking insulting. It's like Christ Almighty. Everybody knows that a car is not going to fucking decide that it's going to be able to be George of the Jungle and swing across a cavern from a broken rope on a from a bridge that probably couldn't hold up Vin Diesel, much less Vin Diesel in a two thousand pound machine.
0: Dude, that You're one where I they're dragging that it. safe down the street is so fucking oh. cool. I love that. (laughs)
1: that at least is like like yeah you're gonna fuck up a town but okay you can kind of see a car dragging a safe down the
0: street that's kind of believable and it was like a team of cars too it was fucking awesome (laughs) yeah
1: you are not launching a fucking
0: fiero into space dude i had so much fun with those movies though Uh i I mean i had less fun with the ninth one It, it wasn't nearly as good but um uh dude yeah Vigil or Vigilante I loved Vigilante but Peacemaker like really hit for me like I I loved it every single like every single episode for me was like a 5 out of 5 like but I also yeah. really really loved The Suicide Squad too um James Gunn's type uh his sense of humor really really hits with me and it worked yeah. really well seeing it played out over this longer span and I thought the entire cast really really did a good job like they were all yeah. so good they all clicked so well the the amount of character development that went into each character was really really incredible um yeah the the music choices along the way was so good too like i i absolutely love yeah that that's playlist. another
1: thing i wasn't i wasn't a, the hugest fan of this playlist at times like <laughs> that i i get it but like there was just times i'm like yeah i could go without the hanaway rocks fucking love in this show like okay maybe but no not really
0: it was <laughs> i have a real Rock soft spot i have a real soft spot in my heart for hair metal though because I like like i was what? that same age as peacemaker when like i remember being like a little kid and going up and using all three of my jukebox plays on pour some sugar on me some people in the ice cream shop had to hear it three times in a fucking row <laughs>
1: i seen Def Leppard in concert I've seen Motley Crue in concert I love the hair metal I get it uh, but Hanoi Rocks was not that band I was like like I know Vince kill, Vince uh, Neil from Motley Crue killed the drummer from Hanoi Rocks but like seriously outside of that I couldn't name a song out, like where I was like oh yeah that fucking Hanoi Rocks song metal yeah no <laughs> yeah.
0: well I hadn't heard of, like a lot of the songs on it but before you know, hearing him in the show for the first time, but yeah, it just really, really worked for me. I I like James Gunn's. I like a, a lot of his sensibilities. They they really yeah. jive with me. Like his writing, his directing choices, musical choices. A lot of them really, really click with me. And like you said right off the bat, you know you're not you're not the biggest James Gunn fan, and so that right. that totally you know to, right. to each their own but man I'm really exactly. happy to see that we're going to be getting another season and very excited to see where they're going to take the story from here and basically anything to get more of Eagly in my life because I fucking love that character
1: I you know honestly like I the the fact that they announced season 2 I wasn't like ah fuck that i'm i'm genuinely interested in watching this like it's not gonna be a show that i'm like i'm gonna give up on and be like eh, what the fuck but it's also like it's not like a ted lasso for me like the minute i watched it or not the minute but pretty quickly into it i realized that i was gonna love this show have you been watching
0: superman and lois uh, no, I haven't watched any of it yet, but I've seen nothing but, but positive. Um, I've heard Dude. nothing but positive word of mouth about it.
1: I'm telling you it is it. I got scared. I'm not even going to lie because you know, I, I would champion the early seasons of the CW show. I wouldn't
0: champion the CW shows anymore at all. That's right? where I'm at too. Like, Yeah. Like, I gave up on the CW shows a long time ago.
1: I actually, honestly, I can't even watch The Flash anymore. Joe actually has to kind of keep me updated as to what's going on, but I could really care less. Superman and Lois feels like the extension of what, where Christopher Reeve and that universe where he would have ended up. He would have ended up as this series. Now, it does have its little CWE kind of moments. But in all honesty, it is one of the best written Superman that you will ever, ever see. It is it has a way of bringing Lois in without just being a damsel in a in distress and like makes her really the heart of the show and gives superman an actual challenge like that the entire storytelling makes it an actual challenge like the entire time you're understanding why All of this is happening to Clark and everything else. And it's fucking subtle. So there's a moment where they're on the farm. And there's a bunch of people around. And something happens in the barn with Superman's two boys and someone comes running at like all these like metal tubes came falling down on the boys and one of the the one of the girls of the town that was in there with them comes running out and tells them that these metal tubing fell you see Clark run and you know deep down he wants to use his super speed so fucking bad you can see it on his face and the way he's running But he has to run because there's so many people around like a human. And it is. Yeah, they can't use powers. Right. The subtlety of it all is brilliant. They have nailed a Superman show perfectly. Like, I can't recommend this show enough. It is up there with like Ted Lasso for me.
0: Yeah, but, but seriously, what were they? Lead fucking tubes? He couldn't just look in there and see what was going on?
1: Yeah, I forget. It was like Tubies, but no, I like it was just one of those. I'm just like,
0: being a dick. I
1: mean, honestly, it might have been like no, because he gets in there and he fucking does use his X ray vision. God damn it,
0: you're right. I, <laughs> he could've used X ray vision from yeah, the barbecue. He could've. Yeah, he really could've. <laughs> but you know think about plot that. that's why no, superman's yeah, so hard exactly. to
1: write for <laughs> it really is it, you made a good point because i the entire time i'm like oh the restraint it took for him not to run in there you're right he could run in there because he actually had x-ray vision but the fact that he got in there and he used his x-ray vision to see the boys under the pile i was like oh yeah but then he like starts fucking heaving off the fucking pipes and shit. So it was, <laughs> it was funny as shit, dude. I it, it's an amazing show. It I get worried because they do try to pull some Cwe shit on there, but oh, they can the fucking most help part,
0: themselves. They it's they, like they, it's like where's it's the romantic melodrama? But <laughs> it doesn't need to be like here. That. It's
1: like. They get to the point where they start trying to push an agenda. Like, it's. It was, a, it was a weird situation where instead of writing it kind of for the characters, they made it a little bit more suspenseful than it needed to be. And it was like, oh, you got all C W drama there, and kind of like tried to lead people down that you were gonna go this way, but you weren't really. So that was just like, don't do that stupid shit. <laughs> but yeah, it, the story around it, like the story that they use with Lois and Clark, it's really a look at two a, a mature couple who are trying to raise kids. And live this life. And it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm shocked at how much I love this. Because I'm not a Superman guy. I'm with you. It's hard to tell stories for Superman. I don't, unless you're dealing with fucking Brainiac or fucking. Uh, uh, fuck. I just fucking smoked away his name. Oh shit. Lex <laughs> uh, Luthor. No, Luthor, or I was thinking the fucking the opposite of thanos. Holy shit.
0: Oh, dark side? Uh,
1: yes. Fuck, I kept wanting to say doomsday and it wasn't fucking doomsday, but doomsday would have worked too, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, but it it's hard to like write a form and still make them feel part of earth. And this show really makes them feel part of humanity. More human than alien. And like it's just, it's really smart. It's, I think, I think you would really enjoy it. I actually, my wife looks forward to it too. Right now it's on this fucking stupid hiatus because of the fucking
0: Olympics. But, <laughs> Does it mm. got the ridiculously long episode counts?
1: No, uh,
0: it didn't last season. I'm hoping
1: they don't do a full episode count. Because those like 22 season.
0: or 23 episode long yeah. seasons, it's like, God, that's just too much. Yeah, no,
1: last season wasn't. It was, Christ, it might have been a 12-episode season, maybe. And it was weird because they had a... Because of COVID, they kept having to stop and reshoot and bring people back. So, like, they were cutting in, like, the last season of Supergirl, which was fucking
0: horrendous. I I heard that that was, like, minimum effort season.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. It was... It, it was amazing that they were putting it on at the same time as they were, like, trying to keep the ratings up for Superman and Lois because it was so hard to watch. I literally got to the point because me and my wife started watching it. I would get her into these shows and shit and we'd watch them together. I got to the point I looked at her and I go, I can't watch this. I'm done. Like, <laughs> you can watch them whenever – like, if – I want to go play video games. Watch the shit. I can't watch this final season. It's awful. She's like, all right. And then it it got done and she was like, oh, it was awful. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking I mean, horrible.
0: So, so the last time I had you on the podcast, I think I had you and Joe both on and we were talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. So that yep. was clear back at the beginning of phase two. Um or phase four. What what have you been? Your thoughts on phase four? Have you been digging it? No, no. That's that's <laughs> too bad.
1: <laughs> no, it well no. That's nah. That's not right. I love the Disney Plus shows. I think they fucking nailed the Disney Plus shows. I think every one of them are incredible.
0: I've enjoyed the hell out of all of them too.
1: Yeah. I did not like Shang-Chi. I did not like Eternals. Um, Black Widow was okay, but it was fucking a decade late. Like, eh, it was all right. But, like, again, she should have had a better story. She should have had a longer arc. She should have had a trilogy of her own. I, it was okay. Because it. What are you going to do with that character in the past now? That's the thing. Like, you can't. You have to do these kind of throwaway characters. You can't introduce Taskmaster into the MCU now, really. Like, you have to have disposable villains for her to be able to, like, have any significance. So there's just no. There's no stakes in it. Um, I just... Eternals to me was like... Weirdly paced. Too much going on. Didn't really know what it wanted to be. Or how it wanted to get there. It just... I was really glad that I waited as long as I did. I really wished that I had waited till it just dropped on disney plus to watch it instead of actually spending money on it. it it felt like a waste of time like honestly at the end all you really get is a cameo by someone from new direction as eros like yeah, <laughs> okay
0: yay i guess maybe but the cgi why? on pip the troll looked really rough too
1: Yeah, it really did. It it really, really did. But,
0: yeah, I don't
1: know. I, I, it's hard for me to see where the cinematic universe is going. Now, on the other hand, I think fucking No Way Home,
0: Masterpiece. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that one is fantastic.
1: Holy shit. I, I was so happy when I got done that movie, like, it is top five MCU. Might even crack top three. It was I I actually had a chance. I saw it the one time when it when it came out and I kind of saw a shitty version on a friend's Plex server. And then we went and saw it again when we had gone out of town for the weekend. It took my wife to go see it. It hit me harder. The second time I watched that movie, full disclosure, first time I watched that movie, stoned as fuck, okay? (laughs) High as fuck. And that being said, when I'm high, I'm also, also an emotional mess. A fucking Hallmark commercial would make me cry sometimes. So I'm already a blubbering idiot the first run through of No Way Home especially that last third act, fucking tears almost the entire time. Hit me even harder the second time. Not very many movies can make you do that, knowing that it's coming. And, and that that's not even fair, because it hit me harder. It was kind of the third time that I had seen it. And it was... Like literally that last third of an act from the minute, like knowing that may's gonna die, I'm already full crying right up until fucking Peter stops Peter from killing the green goblin. I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. it is i I tried not to give it the shiny new toy syndrome that like I get but I've really enjoyed the Spider-Man movies. This the way they ended it was perfect. You make him your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man the way he needs to. He is now going to be the comic book accurate version of Spider-Man of be in your favorite friendly neighborhood with Spider Man. That costume is dope. Oh, it looks so good. Gent, the colors oh on God. that are
0: just perfect.
1: Oh, it, it made my heart happy. I, uh, honestly, that is how you do a movie and you bring those characters back. Because honestly, everybody going apeshit about how all these Spider Man needed to be in there. I could have given two shits if they were in there. I was like, Kind of hoping that they weren't when I first saw the movie. Now I'm so glad they did because I honestly, <laughs> they I hate. did it perfectly. I, yeah, I dislike Tobey Maguire as a human being. I and I <laughs> wasn't the biggest fan of. Those Spider Man movies. Like, it's sometime like when they first came out, I was, I was on board with everybody else, but some time away from those movies, they become my least favorite of the Spider Man franchise. Because Toby is just a dick, but like, he kind of comes off as a dick in those movies too. Like, <laughs> he's not a really good Peter it, 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 or Spider Man. And like,
0: just for you <laughs> <laughs> Toby Maguire <laughs> he's freaking out on paparazzi oh,
1: my god. oh here it comes oh
0: my god Let
1: him go! No, you <laughs> like, can't see!
0: He's just like... No, this is not the video guys. I thought it was. I'm it's na- now, gone. Gone. now I'm annoyed. Go. God damn it! I fucked it all up, David. I'm so sorry. You did fuck it all up. <laughs> no, I like no. honestly. The further I get
1: away from those first three Spider-Man movies, the less I like them. But that being said, the way that they use these Spider-Man in there was absolutely perfect teaching peter how to be peter and what it means to be peter and he, like that being said i think tom holland i think he's done a fantastic job in all his movies but he has definitely had an advantage of not being a neighborhood spider-man he's been a like super threat level spider-man on in everything he's had to do and it was kind of, like, even though it was a semi-version of the Sinister Six, which wasn't really Six or anything, but it, it got him to the point where he's back to who he should be. He should be localized in New York. He should be fighting these kinds of villains, and he should be protecting the neighborhood. He shouldn't have to deal with Avenger-level threats in each movie. So kind of bringing it back to that, okay, let's get him back to the streets. And the fact that you're kind of bringing a lot of the street vibe back, bringing back Daredevil, bringing back Moon Knight, making these, the TV shows that are all very connected, but bringing it to like a more grounded in reality situation is what they need to get back to. So that when you have these epic level threats that not every movie leading up to this has to be an epic level threat. So when you have an end game, it actually means something. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, when you have a new no way home that, The epic level threat brings it back to the point where, okay, now we can grow from here to where we really need to be, because honestly, these this trilogy of Spider-Man has really been an MCU led Spider-Man where it's he's always going to be compared to Tony Stark. He's always going to have that shadow of not really being his own Spider-Man because he's being helped all the time. Now you can get it to the point where he's actually Spider-Man and he's not helped by Tony. He's not helped by the Avengers. He has to do this all on his own.
0: Yeah. And they kind of set it up so that the story going forward, they don't have to keep topping what they previously did. Right. They they kind of found a really smart way to do a reset on it. And yeah, I I've really loved phase four as a whole, like eternals wasn't my favorite. Um, but yeah, I'd probably give that one a solid like three out of five. Uh, everything else has been has been really enjoyable. I fucking loved Shang Chi though. I really, I, I liked, I really liked uh, the Wen Wu character. Um, it was the and the character growth and stuff that was in that movie was really really good. I loved the martial arts choreography in it. And, that was gorgeous. And and that was absolutely and with beautiful. the you know. Um, I feel like a lot of the people that were like bitching about Shang-Chi were more bitching about like the, like, oh, it's just another big CGI fuck fest and at the end of the third act. And it's like, yeah, what the fuck? Like a lot of these movies are that way. And then like, I, I don't know. I, I almost I think, think like, I feel like it's a lazy fucking argument at this point.
1: It is. But at the same time, like, so I think there's a great story there, but it really was it was a martial arts film that should have stayed a martial arts film until it turned into this big weird the the problem I had hey, I saw that...
0: him doing martial arts moves in the sky while he was falling. Martial yeah. arts saved the fucking day.
1: Nah, did it <laughs> or was it the fucking Game of Thrones like fucking shitty CGI dragon fight at the end of fucking season like 7 or something. Uh, the it, CGI
0: like... on this dragon looked really good though. Not through the,
1: like, they literally did the same trick where it was kind of, s- like, smoky, and they made it uh, hard to see. Like, it to me, it wasn't, it wasn't clean. It was, it was really a lazy way out. I really think instead of a dragon fight, it should have been a father-son fight. It would have made more sense. And my problem wasn't even that. It was... A CGI fuckfest at the end. <laughs> My problem was that from the minute they got brought into the the Mandarin's lair or compound and you bring in Trevor Slattery, like, you just get into this kind of fucking weirdly ridiculous... Point of the movie that you don't need him in there. Oh, I They're loved really... it so
0: much. Him and Morris were some of my favorite parts of the movie.
1: Yeah, see, it, it to me it didn't work because you didn't like the Planet there's... of
0: the Apes scene. No, no, <laughs> not really. No, it was and so to be good. honest,
1: in Iron Man Two, I thought the move was brilliant. I think the move in Iron Man Two to not make him the Mandarin was
0: absolutely in, brilliant. in Iron Man Three.
1: Yeah, thank you. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but. <laughs> I think I like I will stand by that reason like that doesn't make me mad at all. I just don't see the need for him to be in this movie other than it's kind of comic relief that you don't oh, need absolutely. because you already have Aquafina there who's fucking hilarious. Like use her and use her right. But that being said like it was a weird the the connection between Sean and his dad was really strange like it didn't vibe with me how they were getting on throughout that whole exchange because it's like I don't know I it just there was no it didn't feel like a father son relationship at all Not not that that's what Sean wanted or anything but like it's what needed to be portrayed and it didn't come across. So when you get to that big fight at the end, I think it would have been better had you just let them martial art it out instead of fucking, Hey, let's put them on the back of dragons and kind of make it, all Game of Thronesy, like yeah, yeah no, no. You, See, it should have been more personal. It I thought been- that
0: story for him between those two was really personal, though, because it really portrayed in the movie that when his mom, like, he was a good dad when his mom was still there, and as soon as his mom died, and he put the rings back on and started chasing vengeance, he really ceased becoming, you know, he ceased being a father to his children, and he just turned into this tyrant. That happened to have children and was, you know, completely willing to just ignore his daughter because she was a female right. and just turn his son in, into a killer. And then the showdown at the end where he, where, you know, Shang-Chi just keeps standing his ground and he's like, he's firm. He's going to fight him, but he's going to he's going to do it in his mother's way. And then eventually turns him at the end where his dad sacrifices himself to protect him. Like, I thought that that was all really well done. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's subjective yeah. though, you know. Art yeah, is subjective. It is. So it really is. Like, like you
1: know it, it just didn't it didn't hit for me. I like I I I don't know that I was looking for something different, but I wasn't looking for that, I guess. So it just didn't it didn't vibe. I wasn't I wasn't there. But I think like I would say probably that that movie up until you bring in Ben Kingsley that movie is really going places. I've really liked it. I think the fucking martial arts in it was fucking on point. I was in it. Like, I'm like sitting there going, oh, if they can do this, I can't wait for them to be like, oh, hey, we're going to fucking release fucking Iron Fist and shit like that back. And, and honestly, the fucking fighting, the, the choreography and fucking Hawkeye, I think was brilliant this it was year, good. too. So
0: yeah. It was very I, good. That. Yeah, I'm just. I, I love Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld on the scene oh on the God. screen together. Oh, that's a what dream come true! Sir. Like they, they were, ju- they just sizzled together. You oh, know, it was- their their chemistry was just amazing. Their back and forth was so naturally funny, and you could just believe yeah. them being absolute besties, and you know, but still from like very different worlds, like. The the show fucking writes itself. If we don't get a Disney Plus series that's the new Hawkeye and Black Widow, I'm gonna be so disappointed. Like
1: that's it's, actually it's right that would be there. brilliant. Like that whole macaroni and cheese scene it was that so was good, fucking <laughs> so stupid good. Like I laugh so. Fucking good. Now, to full disclosure, I watch these shows about three times each. So I wake up in the morning so I can get a viewing in before I go to work. So I fucking jump (laughs) up, I fucking run into my office, I put it on, and I watch it uninterrupted. And then I'll have it on like one more time throughout the day, just fucking background noise and like catch dialogue that I didn't catch before. And then I have to watch it with my wife. And every time that macaroni and cheese scene killed me, fucking slayed me, I laughed so fucking hard. And like a fucking snot nose, bubbling, crying, laughing hard bullshit. I just, that chick was so funny.
0: I love the bit in the, when they were fighting at the holiday party, when she slips into the elevator with her and pushes all the buttons on it. (laughs) And then they're fighting there and she smacks her in the face. She's like, why did you do that? She's like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And then I love that running shot where they're fighting, running through the the office and everything. And, ah, yeah, every interaction between them is solid gold. Yeah.
1: No, it it was – it's some of the best chemistry I've seen on screen, like, with no – almost no prep for it, like – yeah, where the fuck did that ever come from? Like I, I couldn't ever imagine those two just getting on like that, and it it worked beautifully. Worked yeah. perfect, uh,
0: dude. What do you think yeah. of the upcoming trailer uh, for Moon Knight? I dig it.
1: I don't know shit about Moon Knight. Like I know the most basic of basic bullshit. I know his name, Mark Spector. I know he's got identity problems. I know he's supposed to be super rich. He's kind of. I kept being told that he was like Marvel's answer to Batman, but a little crazier Yes, and shit. So like, I was always like, uh, it's an interesting character, but I like Batman. So I'm going to read Batman, not Moon Knight. So I never read Moon Knight. I might've read shit with Moon Knight in it, but like, I don't know shit about Moon Knight, but that fucking trailer sold. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. I like, Know nothing? Don't care the fact that I don't know nothing. I'm bought in. I'm I've bought into all these Disney Plus shows because, like, honestly, it's a great way to ex- like expand these characters' stories that they should have expanded. Like you just they don't haven't had their own movies. And to be honest, sometimes movies aren't the best. Like honestly, I think Shang Chi would have worked better as a series. I think that's that's a more interesting story as a series as opposed to a 2-hour movie which you have to pack a lot of shit into. So I I think that's that's kind of the problem I'm running into is like these Disney Plus shows have all been so fucking good and so story driven and character driven and you're building this fucking world That these two-hour movies really need to, like, hit for them to, like, match up to my expectations. Because if you're doing origin stories, I kind of want to see it drawn out. I want to be able to see, like, the Eternals go through these
0: periods of time. Eternals totally would have worked better as a Disney plush series. Yeah.
1: And I think Shane chi would have too. Like, I think at this point, if you're doing, if you're doing super interesting and complex, like, origin stories, you can't get away with the fucking, like, super quick, two hour, like, we've injected somebody with fucking super soldier serum and they're going to go fight a war and they're going to win and then get locked. Like, Now you're at a point where you're trying to develop this shit and make it all super connected. So you need to let these things breathe. So I think if you're going to do an Eternals movie and Shang-Chi, you should already know these characters and just let them have at their action movie. That's what the movies now should be. Is just, you know these characters, we don't need this whole time of introducing them to you you should know what they're doing they're gonna whoop everyone's ass
0: yeah yeah i i don't know i'll agree with you on on eternals absolutely but with shang chi dude i loved that movie so much like that's in that's in probably my top three if i'm saying it really not overall just for the origin movies just purely for the origin movies of the characters. If I'm just ranking all those ones together, it's very high up there for me. Like I I loved that movie so much. What would
1: okay, so what would you put above it and what would you put below it for origin movies?
0: Okay, it's it's really hard to beat Iron Man in okay, my opinion. So you have just because case. that's kind of the OG one.
1: <laughs> that's still my that's still my number one MCU movie. Like I can never get sick of that movie for whatever reason. It's fucking It's almost a perfect movie.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I love it so much. And I've seen it so many times. And, you know, it's it's just it's been a part of my life for so long now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, I'm trying to think what the other one was. Um, People always think I'm crazy for this take, but I really, really love the first Thor movie a lot.
1: I love I love that first Thor movie, too. But I after it didn't age very well. That's the problem.
0: Is that, I don't know if it's my number three, but it's one of the first ones that comes to my mind. I'd have to really look through yeah. a list of all the movies at this point. There's so fucking many of them.
1: I would say probably my number one, my my top two origin movies are Iron Man. It, uh, again, still my favorite MCU movie. But I think Guardians of the That's Galaxy. That's where I was like, just
0: thinking that one, too.
1: Honestly, as much as I, I'm i not a James Gunn fan, Like that is as close of a perfect origin movie for a team that I've ever seen. That yeah. It's very well done for a team. Really well. Yeah. So that's, that's probably my one too. Um, I still like that incredible Hulk movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a not hot even, take. <laughs> Like honestly, fucking Edward Norton. Yeah. That's who it was, right? Yeah. yeah Edward yeah. Norton. I dug that performance. I dug that story. I, I think it was a good way to use and introduce Hulk. Because you kind of get that cross of the TV show with the comics. And you get the really good fucking scenes that you've seen in comics in there. It's Edward Norton's a little weird of a Bruce Banner. If you could go back and put Mark Ruffalo in there, I think it would be a lot better And and they kind of did that. What if? Well, yeah, kind of, but it's yeah, it still wasn't the two and two hour movie. But that being said, I still think that movie works. I, you know, you don't have a villain that's that's unfeasible. Like Abomination should be the Hulk's first villain. That makes sense to me. And the way that they created Abomination is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that that like I don't know why that movie gets shit on so hard, but like I don't, I really enjoyed that movie. I I don't see why people dislike it. It's not like Edward Norton was horrible. It's not like he was a horrible. Yeah, I don't dislike it by any means. Yeah, it's it's weird because it is kind of one of those movies people never bring it up, but it's it's really not a bad flick.
0: Yeah, well, when you get used to the way also that the Hulk looks and more, you know, like Avengers yeah. on, and then you go back and look at that, you're like, whoa, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. that, that's a weird looking Hulk. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. But that's I'd love to true. see Liv Tyler's character get brought back in. Hopefully, maybe she'll be in uh, She-Hulk series. You never know. Because yeah, it seems be nice. like if Bruce is out living in the public eye now, you know, yeah. why not? Yeah, I'm psyched for that fucking show. Oh, oh me I too. Can't wait. Uh the uh Doctor Strange into the multiverse of madness trailer was fucking awesome, dude. I can't wait for that.
1: Dude, it look that fucking, it's fucking shit. bonkers. So, it was funny. So it pops up on the Super Bowl and the entire time. I only I literally only watched the Super Bowl this year for the commercials. <laughs> I I didn't really I didn't have a stake in the game at all other than the fact that I wanted Stafford to win because it'd be nice for an old lions player to give the middle finger to the lions for getting rid of them because they can't build a team around their stars. So it was nice to see Stafford win, but I was—I didn't have any skin in the game. If the Bengals won, I would have been like, cool, whatever. I really was just waiting for the halftime show. And then I was going to be out I'm like, fuck
0: it. Done. I love that halftime show. It was very I did too. entertaining.
1: I like, I, I, the, it's been my favorite halftime show since Prince. So, yeah, it, it was right on. But like I fucking – so they did the clip for Doctor Strange and I was like in between rooms from like the kitchen going into the living room. And I didn't see everything and they're like, oh, the watch the full trailer online. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I would have to watch it on my phone and I don't really want to watch it on my phone for the first time I want to watch it on a like on a TV so I'm like fuck it I'm just gonna wait and everyone's blowing shit up oh my god did you see the fucking trailer is awesome I'm like you motherfuckers oh this pissed <laughs> me off so bad so the game gets over and I watch the trailer and I go to bed the next day I wake up and I watch it again and I'm like god I feel like I've seen this I was watching the old fucking trailer. I wasn't watching the Super Bowl trailer. So the first two times I saw it, I saw the like end credits of the post credit scene of No Way Home, which I'd already seen. I'm like, what the fuck is everyone going on about this trailer for? So I ended up watching like a reaction video, and they started it, and I'm like, oh, wait, shit, that is not the fucking trailer I just watched. Hold on. So I stopped it. Found the right trailer. I'm like, I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> like honestly, how the fuck did I not watch the right trailer? That being said, that trailer looks great. I fucking, this is my hope. I've been dying. Like I've I've told a couple people this, and I I, I I want to get it out there in the in the universe. I want because Wanda is known in the comics for saying no more mutants. And wiping out mutant kind. In this movie, when she's in front of the multiversal Illuminati, I want her to say no more multiverses and wipe out the multiverse and only the MCU verse remain. That's how <laughs> you get rid of everything. You still get your House of M kind of storyline. You get your classic line, you get all the things and you solve your problem of having all the characters rights that you have. You can now do your own fantastic Four. you can do your own X-Men. You can wipe out everything that Spider-Man, no way home, just pulled in. You pull in, you wipe out the multiverse. You wipe out the Sony stuff. You don't have to abide by any of that. You don't have to abide by any of the Fox stuff. X-Men or Fantastic Four. It is all yours to play with and do with what you want, but you still get a moment where you get those characters and you acknowledge those universes and then you're done. That's all
0: you need. I feel like they, they spent this long setting up the multiverse that I think that's going to be here to stay for a little bit. And it feels most likely that it would end with like a secret wars type storyline. You know, where all these multiverses are all crashing together and you know they're they're kinda of fighting against each other to survive. Like did you ever read that Jonathan Hickman run, Secret Wars? No. Oh, it was fucking epic. Really, well, really, I, really cool stuff.
1: I kinda of, is that when like Cap goes kinda of hydra and shit at some
0: point? That's Secret Empire. Okay. I know, they've had so many secret storylines Secret They're Asian, very secretive secret, secret over wars and... Secret empire yeah. <laughs> Fucking marvel And their secrets, Jesus Christ You want Dude, people it was to read your you Stop
1: being so secretive <laughs> You're not the CIA, motherfuckers
0: Dude, it was so great Having you on, I'm, I'm really glad you took time Out of your schedule to come on and, and Chat with me again
1: Time out of my schedule, motherfucker, I was watching the Olympics Tonight, and let me tell you okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I was a kid, it was like part like national pride. Everyone would gather around and watch the Olympics, and like you could watch like an entire event. If you watch the Olympics on NBC, you are stuck watching literally five minutes worth of commercials and then getting whatever activity is going on. So, like say you're watching skiing, you're gonna watch two people go down the slope. Then they're going to put picture and picture on there. You're going to see another person skiing, and then you're going to get pop-up ads on the side. Gross. And the ad, And you're not – not only are you getting the ads, but the ads overlap what the announcers are saying. So you can't even hear that. But they don't even put up graphics to show you who's doing the run, what they're doing, or anything. It is literally just an ad next to it. Then – Before, When you think they're going to cut back to the action, they blank out and go for another five minutes worth of commercials and then come back and start the whole process over again. I don't even understand what the fuck NBC is doing, like airing Olympics. Like there is no – it is literally commercials.
0: Yeah, it sounds like just a big revenue – like ad revenue grab is all it is. It sounds pretty gross.
1: It's fucking awful. I don't even understand how they can consider themselves airing the Olympics. Like, best bet is you can go to, like, USA and watch whatever they're doing. And they don't have nearly as many commercials. But they also have, like, shitty sports on where you're, like, watching stupid shit. And you're like, oh, no. Okay. No. Not not into this shit. So, like, I don't know. Man, I... it's fucking bad. I it, the greed in it all is fucking mind mind bending.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. yeah, now now you, I I wouldn't even be watching it. So you're more patriotic than I am in that regard. I, then, but <laughs>
1: I, I'm only watching it because my wife wants to watch it. She loves figure skating. She likes like all the weird half pipe fucking skiing. Like she is um, absolutely enthralled with skiers and like. The the when they're doing big tricks and shit, she thinks that shit is amazing and so hard to do on skis. I'm like, yeah, I don't care, I I don't. But because I'm married, I'm forced to watch a lot of shit, like a <laughs> lot of shit. Oh my god, I. So we're watching House Hunters, which as a married human male person, I am forced to watch legally as being married. I think it was in a contract. I don't remember signing, but here I am, 46 years old, watching House Hunters and getting annoyed with people on House Hunters. That being said, did you ever watch um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that in the theater. Okay. You know the the production assistant that gets Chris Rock coffee <laughs> yes Jamie like, it, no no the other uh, I guess it was it wasn't that guy it was the other guy behind Chris Rock um, oh the guy that, the, that keeps agreeing with, the with headphones him headphones and the clipboard and kept agreeing with him yeah yes okay that dude was married to Shannon Elizabeth
0: yep yep I remember that from the behind the scenes stuff on the DVD for the okay. movie.
1: That dude was on fucking House Hunters with his new wife looking at houses.
0: <laughs> That's random. <I'm> like,
1: <laughs> I was like, uh, so my wife puts it on and I'm like, hmm, that dude looks familiar. I'm like, there's no fucking way this dude is on House Hunters. There's no fucking way. I'm like, Hmm so I start looking him up and I find his IMDB page and shit and I'm like, that fucking looks like him, and it's an older picture of him too, it's like, it's the picture of him from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back so I'm like, hmm that's fucking weird, that's really too much of a coincidence look at my wife I go, did they say his name? she said I don't remember what it was, I'm like alright, hold on, I had to rewind it all the way back to the beginning they said his name was Joe, and I'm like, holy shit! And then I'm listening to him talking. He goes, Yeah, where well, I was born in Massachusetts, and oh yeah, I write and act out in Hollywood. I'm like, that's fucking Shannon Elizabeth's ex husband. Like, holy shit! What the fuck <laughs> is he doing on fucking House Hunters with his new wife looking for a house? Like, this is fucking weirdly random. It was it was <laughs> so strange, so strange. The weird shit you come across when you're watching. TV shows that you have to watch with your wife. It's fucked up.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking a break out of your mandatory TV viewing with your wife then to, to yeah. come on the podcast. <laughs> My pleasure. Absolutely. Anytime, <laughs> sir. Oh, so Vintage Geeks.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're kind of all like, uh, honestly, I couldn't record last week or Joe couldn't record last weekend. I couldn't record the weekend before that. I I forgot what happened this weekend, but, like, I don't think we're recording this weekend. So we're going to get back to it. We're just fucking life has gotten busy. Like, the other thing is, like, yeah, I got a PlayStation 5. So I'm kind (laughs) of, like, in the middle of fucking Spider-Man, Miles Morales right now, kind of, like trying to finish everything on that too so like podcasting is like I'm not watching a ton of shit and yeah I'm not hugely excited to talk about Book of Boba Fett right now so i are kind of waiting for some shit to drop so you know we'll, we'll be back at it just we're on a little bit of a break kind of getting our shit together and getting through life but
0: nice yeah. Well, yeah. look forward to that next episode coming out yeah <laughs> have it oh wait before we go did you yeah. get your uh ticket to batman yet oh yeah yeah i got
1: that the day they batman. went on sale i uh, see i didn't i just got mine today but i had more than enough like there's plenty of seats still so i'm like yeah
0: oh yeah I so got i, got I my, grabbed mine i got my anti-social back corner of the theater <laughs> you and so fucking you- Vitaly, man
1: you guys <laughs> got like your your own little fucking carved out spot i always want to be like right Dead center of the
0: screen. Like I, I've done that before and then I always end up with people on either side of me. It's like, have you fuckers no shame That that <laughs> is true. Like I've been super lucky for the
1: most part. I've had like very few bad theater experiences. So I don't I still don't mind getting the middle seat because it's not bad enough where it has bothered me. So I understand when you get your anti social seats. I also live in a state where People are pretty fucking mellow and laid back for the most part, too. So it's like I'm not worried about scumbag moviegoers for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, most, I'm looking well, forward to that one, though. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time I've had asshole idiots around me. It's been like off nights. It has never been like an opening night issue. So but <laughs> nice. Yeah. Dude. I actually took the day off work the next day because I'm like, fuck, this is a three-hour movie. I'm not going to get home till 11 o'clock.
0: I'm going to want to go see that again. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I got my ticket for like a 4 p.m. showing. So I'm like, I'll be home plenty of time. <laughs> I'm going to just go. I'm going to get off work, go right to the theater. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, dude. Um, but yeah, thanks again for coming on. This has been great fucking time. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StarCast.